0: I what you have to do against this guy. Yeah, more in the mood for a beer right now.. Um.
1: <laughs> Hello one and all and welcome to the Backhanders. We on this podcast bring you all the ins and the outs from the great game of tennis. Here we cover each tennis slam and we are unafraid to slam tennis and with me. To do just that is a man who could dump a lot more crap. And in much quicker time than Stefanos Tsitsipas ever could. It is Catters, and welcome to you, my friend.
0: Lightning, good to be with you on this sunny Sunday where we can reflect on what has been an overwhelmingly, surprisingly positive experience of a US Open so far. Yes. We didn't see it coming, Lightning. It's very rare that we get things wrong. Mm. I think the last time was when you and I were... Enjoying a timely backhanders tax break of a holiday in Wuhan, and I dared you to eat that live bat, which in hindsight, I'll cop to it. It was probably not the best idea. And likewise, dubbing this the useless open, I think is on the same level. So, Lightning, I just want to go on record to say to the fans out there, to the listener... Uh, We haven't reached plural status yet, I'm afraid. (laughs) I just checked the stats this morning. I'm sorry, because what the US Open dished up this week has been nothing short of arousing.
1: Absolutely, Katz. I mean, before this tournament, we looked at all the outs. We looked at the country that was hosting it, and we (laughs) knew that this was going to be a useless Open. And yet, even with Federer hosting a pity party in Switzerland... And inviting all professional tennis players, the remaining unprofessional tennis players have been truly amazing. We could not have predicted, and and we didn't. We have taken severe action. We've fired numerous members (laughs) of our research team. But thankfully, shortly before firing that very research team, they did manage to pass on some helpful information, noting that after round one, There was only one man in the field who had previously won a Grand Slam, of course, Novak Djokovic. So, of course, we were expecting the worst. And yet, far from that, we have seen a tournament that has delivered high-quality, high-octane tennis from the get-go. So, Cutters, check this stat out. We have already had 33 five-set matches. The record? 35. And we have seven days left to go. So, even without... Kai Nishikori left in the draw to lob in a further 3-5 <laughs> setters. That record is going to get smashed out of the park. So, mm. another stat. On the women's side, for round two, all 20 seeds made it through the first round. I mean, this never happens. It never happens. So, of those 20, 10 of them Grand Slam champions. And seven of them had held the mantle of world number one. So, of those 20 women, 18... Had reached at least a Grand Slam semi final. So, what we are looking at is a star studded lineup of just constant belter matches. So, Catters, it has not been the useless open that we had anticipated. It's been the less useless open. (laughs) So, what has been your read on the week that was Catters?
0: i just couldn't agree with you more lightning we felt coming into this open that we were going to be served up a bunch of amateurs that were hardly acquainted with the sport of tennis but what it reminded me of was those great first olympic games that were held back in the end of the 1800s lightning or even earlier the ancient games Mm -hmm. where amateurs got together and just had a crack And, of course, they were naked, which was awkward when they were having a crack. But I tweeted out to all of the players, get your kid off because this feels right. So if you see a bit of inactivity on the Insta Twitter arena, it might be because I've been blacklisted for the next 40 years. But I think it's worth it because my point was made, Lightning. It just feels like the people's tournament. It feels like Polish finesse skill that's all been stripped away and we've gotten back to the heart of the game which is just striking a ball and hoping and it's been a tournament of hope (laughs) and this whole bunch of sweaty nude
1: more aerodynamic tennis players have (laughs) absolutely surprised all of us catters.
0: yeah lightning it reminds me of the time that In grade 10 woodworking class, we had two teachers and they were strong leaders, but they were hard asses Lightning, and no one needs that in their life, particularly when you're at the tender age of 15. And with that in mind, I remember sending a death threat to each of their family homes, and they were then forced to take leave for a couple of days, soft in my opinion, in hindsight, but they needed some emotional recovery time. And that really allowed the pack to grow in confidence take mm. initiative. And sure, part of that is the occasional safety incident with a bandsaw, but <laughs> it teaches you by doing. And I feel similarly, these dominant leaders, such as your Raffers, your Serenas, mm. yes, your Federers, quite literally your Stans, because there's six of them whenever you see his Instagram post. <laughs> these dominant figures are gone. And so it's like the Lord of the Flies in the best possible way. I know that doesn't end very well, as far mm-hmm. as I can recall, but Cannibalism aside, these players are getting out there, having a go, taking initiative, and all bets are off. I'm loving it.
1: Totally. And, cutters, it's fair to say there are woodworking injuries left, right, and centre <laughs> as these players are maiming each other, cutting and slicing, and it is incredible. It's an all-out warfare. With two of those top three gone, there are a bunch of male tennis players who are just all
0: of a sudden fascinated with what the idea of a second round looks like. These chumps, you know, they haven't even known you can go into a second week. Such has been the domineering nature of Rafa, of Federer, these guys just suppressing them. It's like, again, the woodwork teacher that told us, no, you can't take a power saw to the sixth grade classroom and make some of your own modifications. (laughs) Stick to carving a spoon out of wood. And I say, no, set (laughs) your sights higher. Make your own billy cart and Push it off the side of that cliff. You back yourself. You go, girl. (laughs) Lightning, have I stretched that analogy far enough for you? Because I can go into greater detail. (laughs) I am sure you could, cutters. But what you are having us appreciate
1: is that these first week wonders, these lesser lights, are starting to believe Mm. that they are only one... Twitchy Djokovic throat cannon away from a completely open playing field and having a legitimate shot at lifting a
0: trophy. Mm. It's true, Lightning. As much as the Tin Slam is looking a foregone conclusion, mm. it was a reminder during the week that anything can happen and a lot of things outside of the Joker's control. Let's not forget that New York experienced the tale of Hurricane Ida. Yes. And we could have ostensibly seen the open cancelled off the back of that lightning. I mean, most of the subways were flooded. I could see that Flushing Meadows looked like a mud pit outside the Mm. courts. So it is precariously positioned Mm. for the Joker at this stage. And that really got me scared. I know one of the female Serbian players who Djokovic has a close relationship with and has kind of mentored, that she pulled out of her match with a suspected COVID-positive result. Now, that wasn't the case. She had another virus which caused her uh, to die. It was actually quite frightening. Uh, No, 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 she's fine. Um, But, of course, he would have been a close contact. That could have knocked the Joker out. So his dream of the tin slam is on a knife edge at the moment, Lightning. Similar to the knife edge that we threw around in the grade 10 classroom... (laughs) Whilst our woodworking teachers were fearing for their collective lives. But I digress. So I was thinking, Lightning, what are the top three concerns for the Joker? Mm. Factors outside of his control. Let's face it. When it comes to the tennis game, I think he's pretty much got it covered. He's dropped a few sets along the way. But look, he's a showman. It's a -a rope-a-dope technique. I'm down. I'm down. Oh, wait. KO. We love him for that. But I was thinking of giving you and our listener three potential pitfalls for the Joker in this second week. So, lightning number three. Having done the online research and consulted with a couple of physiotherapists, there is a risk that if the Joker goes for one of those base court splits, that he could actually tear himself into two pieces. And in doing so only one half of him would legitimately win the tin slam and it's a question of which one claims the cup and which one goes home empty-handed either way lightning it would be a hollow victory i think you could say number two a lines person taking revenge for what took place last year i could legitimately imagine as he goes for fresh balls at the back of the court that one of the friends of that little blondie who he hit last year coming up and just shiving him in the side a la every prison drama I've ever seen. Or, potentially, I have seen ball kids tampering with the Gatorade, just mixing some sort oh, of yes. cocktail just to ensure that the Joker's heart stops ticking later that night. And, of course, the obvious, which is when he calls for the towel, douse it in chloroform, Sleep now. Sleep now, Joker. You'll be fine. So there's a myriad of ways that this batch of lines people are going to have their revenge on the Joker. Yes. The number one threat to Joker's imminent tin slam, uh, and i got to say I might have had a little bit of a part in this, is the fact that after our last episode where we really came to terms with the useless open, I did write to the ATP and WTA with a legal claim that they should downgrade the Grand Slam to a Masters 500, just based on the quality that we're attending. So that would be a hollow victory lightning if he gets awarded some sort of porcelain vase that are synonymous with these chump tournaments at Cincinnati, only to be told this year there were three slams, you got them all, but like Pokemon, one has eluded you And cop that.
1: That's right. And the first man to 20 and a half slams is Novak Djokovic.
0: I've got nothing in my head. I'm just really excited and I want to hug the whole stadium.
1: Cat is a bumper, less use, less open. There is so much to be excited about. It is exceeding every expectation There has been a whole host of storylines and exciting matches. So many things to explore. So what is it for you after this first week that has got you so
0: excited? Well, Lightning, I've always been a fan of the players that have gotten creative. And that can be both on the court, but also off the court in terms of looking deeply into the traditions of tennis and seeing how they can exploit gaps in the rules Mm. for their own gain. And... I'm getting excited about the fact that a man who, let's face it, was the leading face of the next gen, yes. Itsy Tsy, Stefanos Tsitsipas, has managed to find himself in a literal shitstorm. And that is the result of him choosing strategic times to march off the court, get on the dunny, and recalibrate his inner strategy, feelings, center himself, come out, steam up his opposition, crush them to the ground, fart in the face of the general public, something he couldn't achieve on the porcelain, and then march on to the next round. And I am loving every minute of it. Let's look at this man's rap sheet. Round one, up against Muzzer the Robot. Loses the fourth set, decides, hang on a second, (laughs) I gotta take a dump. Suddenly I have the solution to all my unforced errors. That's the fact that I need to kill a brown snake. So he marches off to the dunny and takes a seven minute toilet break. Now, Lightning, I've been known to dabble in the fine arts of enjoying a Sunday newspaper read on the toilet. But even I, after seven minutes, start to feel the urge to flush and move on. But this man was happy to just sit. I believe they brought in a tray of tea and scones and he had a grand old time in there. (laughs) Again, a taunt towards his British opponent. Came out looking as fresh as a daisy and then ground that metal machine into a literal pulp. Next round, having already been widely criticized by the tennis public, Itsy Sitsy, who's taken on a new kind of bad boy status, came out... Don't think he was even wearing jocks as almost a teaser as to what was to come. Commandos his way across the court till the third set. When he loses that set, says, I'm going to up the ante. My game's really given me the shits. And goes for an eight minute timeout. Only to come back and crap all over his opponent with what remained left in his In his, in arsenal. his arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> So that's where we're at, Lightning. If you would have asked me six months ago what to buy shares in as a brand, it would have been Itzy Sitsy yeah. Proprietary Limited because he was the most bankable, lovable Greek god chiseled yeah. out of the mountains of Patmos. And instead... I think that's quite flat, that island, but... um, He's chiselled flat, that's all right. (laughs) He's chiselled flat, exactly. His stomach reminds me of the the flatlands of Patmos. Anyways, and chiselled like the way that I (laughs) chiselled into the side of the quadrangle back in grade 10, whilst Mr. Collier took an extended stress leave. Anyways, I digress. Lightning, he was bankable, and suddenly comes out and says, I don't need to get vaccinated. Young people should just take the risk. We're young, we're fit. That's not our job. Do-do. First strike, my friend. (laughs) From there, he starts talking about the fact that he can exploit the rules however he wants, because he learned them from Djokovic, and Djokovic is highly successful. Probably a good mentor for winning. Maybe not a good mentor for endearing yourself to the public, itsy-sitsy. Second strike. do. By the way, a small strike that occurred in a lead-up tournament, which we should have discussed in our last week's preview episode, was the fact that, I think it was in Cincinnati or in Toronto, he took one of these strategic timeouts, Mm. and during that period, his father was seen reading out instructions over the phone (laughs) in the stands. Now, there is no check on players as to whether they've brought a mobile phone into the toilet, And that's fair enough. We all have the urge to play a game or two of snake uh, whilst taming our own snake. So the conspiracy is that Itsy Sitsy's father was giving him a few well-worded instructions down the line while his son, the turd teaser, was literally not taking the piss. So I don't know how we address this lightning, whether we need to ask them to come out with the sample and present it to the yeah. crowd. I think that's only fair. This is the fruits of the last seven minutes of labor and the crowd give them the thumbs up or the thumbs down a la gladiatorial days. And I think that's only fair. Otherwise, you are going to be labeled a dump dodger for the rest of your career.
1: And I don't know what it would be worse to be known as, a a serial dump dodger or (laughs) (laughs) shits-a-pants.
0: Lightning, there is no place in this game for feces forgers, and I've been saying it for a long time. The brilliant thing as well in this lead-up tournament was his dad realised that the television cameras had been on him. So later in the match, when Itsy Sitsy's back out on court plundering his opposition fresh as a daisy, his dad's back on the phone pretending that it's been important calls all along. And i just love to know what he was saying. Uh, buy! Sell! Sell! Buy! Uh... Back end down the line, shit! I mean, sell! Uh... Sell! <laughs> Come to the net. I mean, internet. Uh, uh. So that's what I'm excited about, Lightning.
1: You're dead right, Cutters. It has not only been a massive story, but it has absolutely riled players across the tour. And Of course, Andy Murray, the one beaten by Tsitsipas in round one, was straight on the phone after losing, saying, it has never once taken me that long to go to the toilet ever followed shortly after by fact of the day. It takes Stefanos Tsitsipas twice as long to go to the bathroom as it takes Jeff Bazos to fly into space. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Well, for me, when you and I, Katis, looked at this tournament a week ago, sitting there on the dawn of this slam, we were preparing for the worst. And we knew that it needed a star. And something you and I love about the game of tennis is that every single tournament that comes around, you you know that a star is going to emerge from somewhere. Mm. And already, halfway through the tournament, we have already found them. And you can find them simply by Googling the word tennis. And when you do, the very sentence that will come up is US Open girl chugs beers, to become the viral hero the world needs. <laughs>
0: Gattas, I give you US Open Beer Girl. <laughs> Do we know more about her, Lightning, other than the fact that Andy Murray shortly thereafter tweeted, US Beer Girl chugs beer faster than Jeff Bezos goes to space? <laughs>
1: We know very little other than that she can scull a beer when the camera points to her. That's that's all we've got.
0: And (laughs) Whilst clutching her semi-erotic painting of Novak Djokovic in her right hand. I'm guessing she's that 90-year-old lady we all fell in love with earlier this year. (laughs) And
1: it is a strong advert for beer. (laughs) And the wonders it can do to you.
0: (laughs) Lightning, so many things to unpack here. The fact that we follow a sport where Googling said sport during the height of the calendar year can result in a fan in the stands chugging alcohol being the high point. Yes. Okay. I take that. The second problem I have is I know I sacked the non-existent research team earlier this week. The fact that your preparations for this episode involve Googling the word tennis. We've come so far. I was forced to upskill in the
1: absence of said research team. So, suppose I start from the top.
0: <sighs> Siri, what is tennis? Tennis is a sport that's a backdrop to a woman who can literally chug a beer whenever the camera is on her. Please, sir, can I have some more? You sound. Much like
1: US Open beer girl at the (laughs) counter of the bar.
0: Every time I have a bagel, I'm just trying. Before the match, I'm just thinking, okay, today I better don't eat the bagel today.
1: It's time now for our fed up and poo down segment, of course, a segment. When we look at the up and comers, those bright stars emerging and those failing to deliver on their potential, those pooing down. So, of course, in this segment, it's the fed up, of course, Andy Murray's, and the poo down, uh, not itsy passes. So, (laughs) Cutters, who is your fed up and your poo down?
0: Lightning, my fed up is the New York crowd. Resilient, as always. Mm. They love to show up, rain, hail, hurricane, or hurricane. And (laughs) they have come this week breathing fire and we saw them only a couple of years ago pre-pandemic having a massive crack at the medvedevil and starting one of the great rivalries in sport which is russia v. usa rekindling the old cold war tensions and we loved it and the medvedevil was a good sport by the end of the open he'd endeared himself to the u.s crowd but this time round you can see that they're really rooting for the underdog. Oh, yeah. And I love that about the New Yorkers. They don't care who Novak Djokovic is and what sort of history he's trying to write. Mm. They're going to go for the lesser known. And I think that's brilliant. So in the first round, Novak took on my fellow compatriot, Danish Holger Rune. Mm. And the New York crowd was supporting him instead of Master Novak. Yes, exactly.
1: They'd gone... Anti, anti-vaxxer, anti essentially, caddies. <laughs> Precisely.
0: Now, the problem started with the fact that Holger Ruhn, it should either be pronounced Ruhn or maybe even Ruhner, but the Americans, surprise, surprise, not nuanced in their Danish pronunciation, were just shouting Ruhn throughout mm-hmm. the stands. And Novak thought this was booing, and he took umbrage to this, and... We all know he has a thick skin and he's been able to just brush off any potential (laughs) adversity along the way, but he was not happy. And by the end, he was really sticking it to the US crowd. He didn't give them his normal, what is that sort of spreading of the COVID? Wonderbra. (laughs) The Wonderbra spreading of the COVID out to all four stands. And he just kind of skulked off into the change rooms. Mm. Now, in his post-match, it was cleared up that... No, the crowd were actually saying rune and it wasn't booing. And unfortunately, in the second round, he took on lesser known Russian, you're a dickhead, which (laughs) didn't bode well for the chanting (laughs) in the stands. Uh, No, quite seriously, Lightning, he seems to be very sensitive at the moment. And I tried to think about potential players who could upset him along the future path and the best I could come up with was the 570th in the world ranked doubles team of Frenchman Gabriel Petit and Chinese Takun Wang so gets a little personal it's not about you Novak it's not about you Lightning, for my poo-down, of course it was going to be itsy-sitsy, but that is almost its own new category, the phantom poo-down, which I would love to just park for the moment. For seven minutes, actually. I'm just going to go and recollect my thoughts. My genuine poo-down is bash Yes, Lightning, she has made fools of us. She has. Absolute fools of us. And we are Ah. credible media commentators We We are are real journalists. We are real smart people, Lightning. We are. We are not
1: petite wangs. (laughs) I don't care what you say. Disregard what you've heard. We are
0: not petite wangs. (laughs) Lightning, bash Artie. What have we ever done to her? We finally went chips in on the body bus. And I tell you what, the body bus got halfway up the hill. She was motoring along 5-2 in front of a chump American in the third set, only to get a flat tire, stop the bus. There's no replacement tire in the boot. Engine catches fire. We then roll down the hill, only to be ambushed by the Taliban and shot to pieces. <laughs> It then gets towed off to a scrapyard where we're still in the bus, Lightning, mind you. And then it gets crushed into a little metal cube and dropped out of Jeff Bezos' spaceship into the ocean. So, Lightning, as Australians, we will come to the defense of a fellow countrywoman. And I'm on her side. We're on her side. It was in everyone's best interest. For Bash to get to the second week, to go deep in this tournament and try and claim her second slam of the year. But she choked. There is no way of sugarcoating this lightning. And if we sugarcoated it, she'd choke on that lollipop as well. She just dropped the ball lightning. And in future, all I can say is take the eight minute strategic break when you decide to crap the bed. (laughs) Lightning, I know it's not going to be nuanced given that you've just Googled tennis, but what's your strategic take on this?
1: <laughs> well, I've just Googled crapping the bed and it doesn't make for pretty viewing. So I'm not sure that I could add too much to the conversation at this point. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Katas, it pains me to say it, but you are on the money. She has never been past the fourth round at the US. She is the previous slam champ. She's coming off Wimbledon, and you're right, three matches in a row, Caders. She's in winning positions, and she actually was broken trying to serve the match out. And in this match, twice, at 5-2 up in the third, and failed on both accounts. So it pains me. It pains me to agree with you, Cutters. let alone to then <laughs> poo down the Aussie champ and world number one, Ash But with the tournament that she had before her, she did what Tsitsipas seemed to struggle to do for seven minutes. She she pooed down.
0: Mm. Well, Lightning, cheer us up with your fed up.
1: Well, in a tournament that has been this impressive, there have just been so many options. On the female side... We have some amazing young players. There's Radicanu, the young Brit. There is Layla Fernandez, who is taking the tournament by storm. Mm. On the men's side, there's Brooksby and Alcaraz. Again, another impressive teenager. Everywhere you look, there are just options. A go-go, but I couldn't go past Botic van der Zanskulp. <laughs> uh, apparently, he is in the US Open. And apparently... He has been winning matches and apparently, despite sounding like a computer font gone wrong, <laughs> Botic van der scalp is the Cinderella story of this opening week. And Catters, I know absolutely nothing about the bloke. He's from <laughs> the Netherlands. I, I have no idea from which part of the of the nether regions and I, I don't know. I don't know what his shtick is but he is into the second week having taken out Casper Ruud, having had a rude awakening, <laughs> and now Disney Diego Schwartzman. So, fun fact for you cutters, after Novak Djokovic, who has won the most singles matches at Grand Slam tournaments this year, if you were to sneakily pop in the qualifying rounds as well, well, in that case it would become a three-way tie. On 15, between world number two, the Medvedevil, world number eight, Matteo Little Hats Berrettini, and world number 117, Botic van der Zanskulp. Mm. So he is my fed up Botic van der scalp, which I believe means the sand shell. And uh, he's probably seen to have had about the same value as a sand shell <laughs> until this, his 2021 20, breakout year.
0: What a brilliant name, Lightning. I think Botic van de Sandskulp is actually the Dutch equivalent of she sells seashells by the seashore if you try and say it four times quickly. It's a warm-up vocal exercise, not a men's tennis player. But I will take your fictitious qualifier and accept him as you're fed up.
1: And cutters is my poo down, I give you... A goofy seven-foot American. His name is Riley Apelka.
0: Mm.
1: He is seen as a bit of an up-and-comer. He's been on the tour for a while. He's 24, but he's starting to deliver. Rumor has it the US Open specifically quickened up the courts to aid this seven-foot serve bot, as he is known on tour. But, Kat, it's not his tennis that is drawing my eye. I, of course, could not avoid noticing... A man who walked out seven foot tall with a small pink tote bag. (laughs) A tote bag that, as a result of walking out with it, has been fined $10,000 for having an unapproved bag because the logo on the bag he had was too large. (gasps) Catters. Riley Apelka for sporting a tote bag on his hip pocket has had $10,000 drained from that very hip pocket. So there you go. He later tweeted dismissively, ticket sales must be struggling. At least it looked fly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What a chump. I 100% agree with you, Lightning. I think it sets a dangerous precedent. If you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. He starts coming out with a pink bag for some Antwerp art gallery which makes no sense to me nor to him by the clueless look that's permanently slapped across his face but if you start with that then you called him goofy before what's to say he doesn't come out next round dressed as goofy to promote a new ride at disney world i mean the fact that the atp would fine him ten thousand dollars for that bag yet let him get away with that amish beard he's been sporting for the last 24 months is beyond me And also, Lightning, what is the deal with the U.S. Open speeding up the courts so that this giant gimp can come out and cannon down his serves? How do you even do that, other than the fact that they arranged a hurricane to provide (laughs) slick surfaces and gale-forced winds behind him?
1: (laughs) I know, and the new ruling that uh, Americans would only serve from one end of the court, I thought was stretching things. (laughs)
0: The fact that the president of the US Tennis Association hired a weather shaman in the lead up <laughs> seems legitimately unethical to me. Rumour has it that the Australian Tennis Federation is going to change the rules slightly so that Barty doesn't have to serve out any of her matches the <laughs> next year's open. That five two, it's good enough. It's a gimme. <laughs> i'll give you the racket and we'll see how many times see how many times you can return you're a professional tennis player i'm not okay
1: cutters it's now time for a segment we have not heard from in a while reserved for special occasions and this time we are pulling out The Wild Card, a segment when we look to some of the side issues in the tennis world, and this one grabbed my attention. The US Open Catters is the only major tournament without an upper age limit for ball persons. Okay. So cutters. This year there are 195 members of the current ball boying team. Approximately two-thirds cutters are classified as veterans. So, let me give you an example. I'll zone in. Harry Villarreal. He is returning to Flushing Meadows this week for his 33rd consecutive US Open as ball boy. <laughs> How is this possible? I, I had no concept that the geriatric ball people have been walking around the court I had no idea America treated its veterans so poorly, Cutters just shoving them at the back of
0: tennis courts of major tournaments. Unbelievable. This explains a lot, Lightning. I mean, the fact that we've had a generation gap in U.S. men's tennis since Agassi and Sampras hung up their rackets can only be put down to the fact that everyone has chosen a career as a ball child slash Teenagers slash adults (laughs) since then. And it's terrible. How can you be a career ball person? This is blowing my mind.
1: (laughs) Oh, I mean, I could only assume it's trying to create vocational pathways for Venus Williams (laughs) once she eventually retires.
0: Lightning, what sort of contracts are these ball people on that are so lucrative that it's like the mob? They'll just never get out. They just compelled to continue this. In Australia, I remember it being, you get a free pair of shoes and some sunblock, get your butt out there and you'll be lucky to make the cut for the second week. Whereas these guys are going 30, 40 year careers. I'm worried in the next 10, 15 years when they're in their 70s lightning that they're just going to be like overfed, lazy workers that are sitting on the gravy train of ball manning and... uh, (laughs) Standing there looking at the players saying, I've had a hip replacement, the arthritis getting it, get your own ball and respect your elders. I ain't doing it. (laughs) Like, I'll push it in
1: your general direction with me walking (laughs) stick, but that's all you're getting, son.
0: (laughs) You kids with your fast serves and your TikToks, get out of here. Um, I'm trying to play a third round match on Arthur Ashe. I don't care. I didn't hear what you said. Rumors have it they're trying to get a bingo competition going in that section of the court. <laughs> really distracting when you're trying to follow the proper scores in the match.
1: Who had a barty double fault while serving for the match? Bingo
0: <laughs> Ash, there's a silver lining. You dumped out of the open, but I want a meat platter. Ha <laughs> ha.
1: Please don't patronize me. I'm not I, I would have you No know. no you are. In the way you're asking in the way, you're asking, in the way you're asking your question, you're being quite disrespectful and you are patronizing me. I'm a professional competitor who did her best today. Well, we have had a super week of tennis. Everywhere you look, there have been five set thrillers and tie break sets at every turn. The standard of tennis has been incredibly high as we look back at the week we've had. But as we look forward to the week. We are yet to have. It's important we check in on our predictions. So, cutters, how are you faring in terms of your predictions for this tournament?
0: Well, Lightning, I remember that we both took a massive risk betting on Novak Djokovic to mm. win the Tin Slam, and he's still doing us proud. A few sets dropped along the way, keeping us interested, but by no means having any of the troubles that a lot of the other top-tier players are having this tournament. So I think he's looking very, very safe. Also, Itsy Shitsy's hit a wall in the third round. So he's out, Mm -hmm. having left his mark on the aptly titled Flushing Meadows Lightning. (laughs) When your stadium's based in that location, you're kind of inviting controversy, aren't you? But for the women's... Ash Barty, it must be said, she was knocked out in a third set tiebreak. That's how it ended for her. And that has been Mm -hmm. the demise of many players this tournament. Such has been the closeness of the field. So I feel a little Mm -hmm. bit disappointed that she didn't get through because I thought she was a safe bet. And I know you felt the same. (sighs) The big controversy for me is the Dark Horses that I went for. I really felt good about Blaz Roller and Indy Devroom. Again, (laughs) both names felt poetic, it felt like they were due for a big thrust at this year's Open, but I think you have some updates for me, as I didn't follow them as closely as perhaps I should have.
1: I uh, No, I've been closely monitoring them, particularly after the clarity with which you saw them emerge in your crystal ball cutters, uh, to discover that they didn't make the tournament. <laughs> and indeed, they both lost in the finals of qualifying. So, knock it on the door... But in a C grade tournament where anyone who can hold a racket in either hand <laughs> entered the tournament, to have them not make the cusp uh, was disappointing. So uh, it was truly the darkest of dark horses.
0: <laughs> oh, well, win some, lose some, don't qualify for some, as they say, Lightning. So. <laughs> How about yourself? Well, just as you
1: did, I tipped Novak Djokovic to win. And there is no doubt that is going to happen. And I am supremely confident to the point where during the week I just pushed all the chips to the middle of the table, decided to bet my house uh, on the Joker. And uh, if this comes off and he wins the tournament, I will get my house back and a free muffin, which I'm very much (laughs) looking forward to and hoping uh, it has some chalk chips in it. But he is definitely going to win his 21st Grand Slam. Make no mistakes about it. I think in terms of a COVID recovery budget cut, the US Open, I think, has just asked the engraver to... Just do the next three years as well. So there is very little doubt Novak will win his 21st Grand Slam and no more fans uh, for the rest of the tournament. And on the women's side, I too was all chips in on Ash Barty and unfortunately knocked out by Shelby Rogers. So... Painful, and of course, Tom Lanovich was taken out as well, meaning there are no Aussies left in the tournament. So we have to look further afield, and thankfully, it feels at this point like every match is a final. Incredible. For me, mm. it's more on the dark horse side. Cutters that I'm most disappointed. Nick Curios, apparently having clocked up enough steps with his pedometer, was just happy to throw the towel in. And of course, in hilarious scenes, it was the very towel that he was critical of, cracking it at the umpire for having to walk from side to side, saying the fans were here to see me play tennis, not to walk from left to right on the back of the court. Well, I'm not sure the fans were wanting to see three half-baked sets of useless tennis, Nick. But nothing says in the game more than the fact that just minutes after he happened to leave the court... He was found to have having accepted a game of Pokemon with with a fan. So, yes, nothing says switched on like Saint Nick. Of course, uh, Coco Golf also out after Sloane Stevens took her out. Many cutters were tipping her Mm. to win the tournament. So I was disappointed to not... Score any points there and shattered to see her lose. And she was shattered to have been mentioned alongside Coco Vanderway after our massive (laughs) takedown of her last episode as well. And due to the obscene amount of injuries and withdrawals in the lead up to this Open, we decided to institute a slightly different segment. The legless horse segment. Mm. Catters, how did you fare in that category?
0: Well, there hasn't been a lot of leg injuries, Lightning. We saw Andy Murray struggle with his footwear in the match against Mm. Tsitsipas, where he ended up going barefoot across the court a few times because he just... Couldn't make it work with the sweaty shoes. So I was hoping that there would be a massive incident whereby he slipped and broke both ankles. And I mean that with the greatest of respect and love, Sir Andy. But no, I, to be honest, I have seen more foot injuries back in our grade 10 woodworking class when we encouraged our two Polish exchange students to walk across a bed of nails. Um, enough said. So it's been a little bit disappointing, Lightning. I think we'll move on from the legless horses and from my woodworking analogy until next time.
1: (laughs) Oh, I think you're right, Cutters. Just as we anticipated terrible tennis, I was miles off with my legless horse prediction to the point where... I'd listed in the players who were out of the tournament are uh, Simona Hallop, only to find she wasn't out and actually in the tournament. And not only in the tournament, but limping her way to the starting line and into the fourth round. So that's how far off I was in anticipating 11 legless horses. Well, it is now time to leave you and join you again at the conclusion of this tournament to wrap up the 2021 US Open. So as we encourage you each episode, listen and then review and share the Backhanders podcast, drag others along for the ride with you. And of course, join us on Instagram and Facebook. Follow us at The Backhanders. But until we meet again, just remember, if you are a fan, Attending this year's US Open, just remember to be quiet, please. Unless you see a girl chugging a beer. Skull! 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 Skull!
0: Skull! Skull! Yeah, I'm back lightning. Lightning? It was only seven minutes.